Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. I'm delighted that you're with me. Let's talk about one of the most important things happening in American politics right now. And even for those of you who are listening from around the world, I think the principle that I'm going to talk about, the principle of honor, will be applicable to you, even, of course, if you don't live in the U.S. So as we all know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away this past week. Um, I admired her. I didn't agree with her on everything. I think I agreed with every single ruling and uh, opinion that she gave on women, certainly with her on the issue of women and equality in the workplace and equal pay for equal work and all of that, Uh, not with her, of course, on abortion issues, not with her on some other issues, but still, I admired her. In fact, she taught me one of the most important principles of marriage I ever learned, (laughs) and it was, she said that her future mother-in-law, right before she was married, had said to her, be a little deaf. Don't hear everything. Don't react to everything. Just be a little deaf. Let things go by. And when I heard her say that on a podcast, I got to tell you, I began to try to live that out, and it's made quite a difference. So... Beyond that, though, beyond her personal character, this is lit, has led to a pretty major, not crisis, but dramatic collision uh, in American politics. Because obviously now, Donald Trump is required in a position to, however you want to say it, to appoint a nominee to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He says he's going to do so, and that his uh, replacement, his nominee, will be a woman. Great. The problem, of course, is that she's likely to be a conservative woman, and therefore the left, Democrats, uh, aren't happy about this. Well, before I give you my opinion, before I tell you uh, what should happen, I believe, what could happen that would be noble and honorable, let me give you a little bit of the history and then bring you back to the present. The fact is that in 2016, Justice Scalia, a Reagan appointee, died. Uh, All of you remember early 16, he died at a Texas ranch. And so uh, very quickly thereafter, President Obama nominated Merrick Garland, who was, by the way, a moderate who was appreciated by both sides. But 2016, as you well remember, was an election year, and the Republicans who uh, held the Senate and a pretty good uh, number in the House said formally, they actually issued a letter saying they would not act on Obama's nomination of Merrick Garland. They wouldn't even act on him. They would wait until the election of 2016. As you recall, uh, Donald Trump won that election, uh, but they would wait for the election to occur before they would act. They were hoping for a change. Uh, They didn't trust Obama's nominee. They didn't trust Obama. They certainly didn't trust Hillary Clinton, uh, who was, of course, the Democratic nominee. So they were trying to get past the election in the hopes that a conservative initially and Trump ultimately um, would appoint somebody else. Well, that, in fact, is exactly what happened. So bear in mind now, Republicans sat on a presidential Supreme Court nominee for nearly eight months. In fact, actually a little bit longer than that when you think in terms of the inauguration and did refuse to act on it. And then within two months of Trump taking office, of course, he nominated Neil Gorsuch. 
all the time that that was going on, the Republicans were citing, believe it or not, the Biden rule. Uh, Biden was vice president at the time, but years before, of course, he had been in Congress. And he uh, was, in 1992, said... uh, if there's a nominee uh, that actually the exact he was describing exactly the situation that we are in now he said when we are in an election season when we're running up to an election a, pres- a presidential election there should not be uh, an appointment to the supreme court made by the sitting president the president should wait to the outcome until the outcome of that election of that presidential election and then the new president should nominate a new justice for the Supreme Court. So in 2016, the Republicans were citing Joe Biden, of course, who at that time was vice president of the United States under under President Obama, and saying, well, look what he said. That's what we're going to do. Let me pause here and say that all of this, frankly, was ill-advised. Uh, the reality is that Joe Biden should never have said such a thing. It was foolish at the time. It's foolish now. It's a foolish principle. Why? Because a president is president until January 20th of the year in which he leaves office. He is full-time president. He has full powers. And literally in 2016, Republicans were saying that a sitting Democratic president basically should have given up, should have forfeited his power to make Supreme Court nominations as of February, that's when Scalia Scalia died, February of 2016. So on the issue of the Supreme Court, Obama was expected to be lame duck, in essence, from February of 2016 until January 20th of 2017. What sense does that make? It didn't make sense at that time when Republicans were claiming it. It doesn't make sense now. But that's the situation that we're in. So now Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. Now Donald Trump is going to uh, nominate a replacement, obviously, as I've said, a woman. And, of course, Democrats are saying, hey, 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 you sat on Obama's nomination of Merrick Garland for eight months or more, citing the Biden principle, the Biden rule. And now we'll expect you to do the same. Well, it would, like I say, it was ridiculous when Biden said it. It was ridiculous when the Republicans insisted upon it in 2016. And it's ridiculous now. There's what? As I sit here right now, there's like 45 days until the presidential election. And then he rules. Uh, then he uh, presides or he's president for the better part of three months after that. You mean he has to go lame duck for four more than four months? In the same way that uh, President Obama was supposed to go lame duck for almost a year. And, of course, the whole thing is silly. Government should work. Presidents should move forward. Now, so now you've got a very tense situation in which the left, Democratic Party, is saying if you – to President Trump, if you – Uh, shove this nomination through and rush it through, since the Republicans hold the Senate, and rush it through, we will unload on you. We will try to pack the Supreme Court, meaning adding more than nine justices, which is something that Franklin Roosevelt tried to do, uh, and historians have hammered him for it. But hey, here are Democrats threatening to do that again. We will bring in more states. We will attempt to have um, every U.S. territory out there, from Puerto Rico to Guam, for heaven's sakes, 
uh, made into states and thus increase the number of Democrat, Democratic states and the number of uh, Democratic seats in our House of Representatives and in our Senate, we will just absolutely go after you. So you have a very tense moment, all based on this silliness that Biden first spoke, that Republicans lived out, and now Democrats are living out, that somehow a president becomes lame duck because we're in an election year. Let me tell you one of the reasons this is stupid. Presidential elections start almost 18 months before the election. In fact, presidents will tell you that they actually are uh, the presidential elections start the moment the president gets elected. The next election is already underway. But as, a, as an active matter, 18 months out is a pretty good rule of thumb. I mean, you start having primaries sometimes almost the previous year before the election. All this to say, this is quite a mess. And what I would love to see, I do not believe it's going to happen. I am not stupid. I live in the real world, and I live most of my life in Washington, D.C., the the rest in Nashville to get sane again. And I'm telling you, I do not actually expect this should happen. But let me explain why I'm about to propose two possible approaches. Uh, the matter of honor in American politics, something we do not talk about very much, is what has caused our government often to work when it does. I know it's failed miserably. I know that there was a civil war. I know we have government shutdowns. I know we've had people caned on the House of the floor of the House of Representatives in American history. I'm aware it often doesn't work. The founding fathers built the system uh, to be to be uh, with checks and balances. There's conflict built in, and there's going to be ridiculous stuff happening. But when it works, it works because there's honor, because you have people who keep their word, because you have people who are consistently moral, people who are consistently of character, uh, people who consistently do the right and the considerate thing. And I believe that the, most, the, no, the, the more noble moments and the more effective moments in American history have been when honor reigned. And honor could reign right now. There are two approaches. One, Donald Trump could say, you know, you're right. In 2016, we sat on a president's nomination to the Supreme Court for the better part of a year. And at that time, Lindsey Graham specifically said, yes, this is what I believe. And if the same thing happens at the end of the next presidential term, come back and use my words against me. Because I believe at that time, uh, meaning what we're in now, uh, essentially in 2020, if a Supreme Court nominee happens during that campaign season in 2020. He said, I believe at that point they, they should wait, that the president should not nominate somebody. They should wait. I mean, he's, you can go on, in, on the Internet right now and find Lindsey Graham saying that. So Donald Trump has two options, I believe, that would be honorable. One is to agree to do exactly what, what uh, Lindsey Graham has said, exactly what Republicans uh, insisted upon in 2016, and that is not make an appointment until, uh, not, a, not make an appointment in his term, wait for the election, and if he wins, then make the appointment. Now, as much as that would be the honorable thing, given what uh, Republicans did in 2016, I, of course, think the whole thing's ridiculous. I think the president should make a nomination uh, under normal circumstances. But given how the Republicans behaved in 2016, it's only honorable to abide by the same Biden principle, which, again, I say is a side comment, I think is ridiculous. But since it was already abided by um, the Republicans in 2016, I think that Trump, as a matter of honor, could consider abiding by it now. You and I both know that's not going to happen. There is another alternative. 
and that is Trump could nominate his choice for the Supreme Court now and then ask McConnell and the Senate and others to hold off on the vote until after the election. This would show confidence in his victory. This would mobilize people to the polls. Uh, and this would give uh, be a matter of honor and say, hey, I want to be fair here. I want to be fair here. I'm going to go ahead and nominate somebody. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and nominate Amy Cohn Barrett or, or Lagoa or whoever else uh, he's looking at. He's looking at a number of very, very gifted, uh, powerful, experienced women. And I'm delighted by that. But of course, People are concerned he's going to ram this through, ram a hard right winger through before he leaves office, which they assume to be November 3rd. Well, basically voted out on November 3rd, they assume. And then, of course, the new inauguration on January 20 of the next year. So there are two options. One, he could uh, not appoint anyone and leave it until after the election. Or he could appoint somebody and then say, I'm going to ask McConnell to hold off so that there's not a vote until after the election or after the new Congress sets. All of that would be appropriate. And the reason he might want to consider it, please don't misunderstand, I don't think he will. But the reason he might want to consider it is that it is a matter of honor. It would, at a tense time in American history and American politics, restore some sense of honor. And perhaps elevate politics in Washington, D.C. and elevate uh, the deliberations of Congress. And perhaps we'd end up with somebody better. Quite frankly, most of us would have been perfectly happy with Merrick Garland. He was a moderate. And by the way, Trump has not gotten uh, from his two nominees to the court, the two men he's placed on the Supreme Court, he has not gotten the votes that he wanted. So sometimes these things have a boomerang effect. They bounce back on us and they hurt us. And so what I'm trying to say is if Trump cares more about the country than just an immediate political victory that, by the way, is going to radicalize a lot of people, you want to have people lose respect for the Supreme Court, ram this nomination through, bring it to a vote, put somebody conservative on the Supreme Court. And I got to tell you, a lot of the country is going to lose respect for the Supreme Court. Even though, of course, Trump has done nothing but appoint people of exactly the kind he said he was going to appoint when he was voted into office. You want to see street riots? You want to see animosity? You want to see the left flip out and try to do all kinds of damaging things, things I believe, by the way, to be damaging to our country? Go for it. But honor would raise this issue. Honor would elevate this matter if he would just make a move that conceded to the other side that what's fair is fair, what's right is right, and what took place in 2016, as ill-advised as Stephen Mansfield thinks it is, by the way, or was, that he's going to do something to make a nod towards fairness and fair play. This would change this. Now, I've got a lot of friends who are conservatives in, in the Senate. I doubt they're going to think that way. I'm pretty sure Donald Trump wants nothing but an immediate political victory and to, of course, put three people on the Supreme Court in his first and perhaps only term. Uh, I understand how politics is played. I understand it's total war and blood sport. I completely understand all of that. But I'm not beyond, as a man who loves his country and as a Christian, and, and as a man who is concerned about the tone of our politics today, saying there's a root of honor here. And Republicans might urge and might urge Donald Trump to consider taking this path. Either way, it's going to be interesting to watch. Rest in peace and thank you for your legacy, most of it, <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and may God bless America. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. 
His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.